So, okay, so here's Real Disciple with Pastor Stacey Dillard. And so, Pastor, um, just let people know, uh, how did you get saved? When did you get saved? Um, I got saved in November 1988 in Chandler, Arizona. Um, a little quick testimony. I was actually just out for a weekend, going to party with my friend at, and meet some, <laughs> some ladies in, in Chandler, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Um, I was at a, a car wash and a guy came up to me and my friend at the car wash and, and invited us out to a function that they were going to have. And he said, um, hey, have you ever heard that Jesus Christ could change your life? And I, I, I grew up in church, but I never had anyone ever tell me that Jesus Christ could change my life or even that, that Jesus loved me. Yeah. And um, so a couple you grew up in church, but you didn't never really heard the gospel. Right? No, I never had an invitation. I had an invitation to uh, join the church, yeah. but I didn't even know what joining the church was. Okay. So I come from the South where, you know, they joined the church. Where, where but do you come from? Georgia. Georgia. So I was born in Georgia, yeah. yeah. And so I, I grew up around religious things and people who culturally just go to church, but as far as having a relationship with Jesus, I never had that. And so him approaching me that way was very foreign to me. Um, long story short, I went to uh, church church just so happened to be the Chandler Church right across the street from where uh, my friend's apartment was. I mean, maybe a few hundred feet. Walked in, seen people full of joy and full of uh, happiness and, and something that I didn't have. And um, I, I knew it deep down in my, in my heart. I said, these people are different. And that night I had the opportunity to give my life to Jesus. And um, my life has never been the same since that day. Well, how, how big would have um, Chandler been at that time? Um, it was around 200 and something people back then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, around 200 and something people. Pastor Joe Campbell was the pastor. No, actually, uh, there was another pastor that was there then. Pastor Campbell was in Malaysia. He was actually pioneering in a missionary in Malaysia. So that's where he was. But Joe, Pastor Joe Campbell, start, did he start the church or was he there before then? He was there before, yeah. He was there before. Then he went to uh, be a missionary in Malaysia. Yeah. Then he came back, yeah. Okay. And so, um, obviously, you get saved, you get married, yeah. you feel the call of God. How did that manifest itself, like, when you knew you was called? Uh, actually, I had a number of people give me a word, prophesy over me that God was going to use me uh, in the nations of the earth, all that stuff. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand that either. God was going to use me as an evangelist. Um, but the real... Um, call of God that I felt in my life was God actually prompting me and this is after actually I, I got married um, prompting me to go to the church and pray. It was after work and I was on my way home and God just really stirred me and said go, go to the church and pray and you know living in Arizona man it's a hundred and something degrees. hundred and something degrees outside, 120 degrees in the church I'm like I don't want to go down there and pray and God, God just kept dealing with me to go um, I walked in and I remember I went into the prayer room and the Holy Spirit hit me. I fell down on the floor and I'm weeping. And God spoke to me that day to go to Virginia Beach. That's where he wanted me to go. Wow. And I talked to my pastor and that was actually the, the first assignment that, that I had with. Uh, you went to Virginia Beach? Yeah, 1990, 1993. Wow. Went to Virginia Beach to Pioneer. 
that's like a holiday resort as well, isn't it? Is it? it is. Because I remember when I was in 1988, I came to America, I stayed with my family, and my uh, family in New York took me to Virginia Beach for vacation. Yeah, yeah, it's it was a it's a resort town, but uh, it wasn't a resort for me. <laughs> Pioneering, man. Pioneering. Okay, so just give us a rundown, chronological order of your ministry. So you started in Virginia Beach, what do you say, 1990? 1993. 1993, and then from there, how, how does it roll? Um, 1993 in Virginia Beach, then um, 1995 came back in to assist Pastor Campbell yeah. for a season. Didn't really know how long that was gonna be. Um, it was, it ended up being around a year and a half, two years. Um, God began to move me into the evangelistic, you know, calling. Yeah. And uh, 19, I think 97, um, 1997, January, got announced to be an evangelist. And um, 1998, went to, uh, felt the calling to be a missionary in South Africa. Um, moved to South Africa, was there for a year, had some uh, visa issues and, and things like that, had to come back. Just to stop you here, um, when you was there, it, it was it was working quite well though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Other than the, the thing, I always remember hearing the guy that was an evangelist has gone to South Africa and I hearing, always heard, hey, this thing is popping, yeah. Yeah. but and then and then you had to come back. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it, it went very, very good. Actually, the first um, nine months we had upwards around three something to 400 people in, in church, yeah. Yeah, you know, just, just young people, raw, um, coming out of you know religious backgrounds, but wanting to see and witness something real and something authentic, and and they were coming along. How long was you in South Africa? Just a year. a year. So we're there for a year. Up was right around a year. Came back, yeah. evangelized um, for the next several years. Um, several years. Oh no no no! I take that back. I take that back. I missed one important thing. Uh, came back. There was a need in Malaysia. There was a need in Malaysia. The church had some issues and um, they needed someone to go. And my wife and I said, okay, you know, we can go. Went to Malaysia for two and a half years and then came back from uh, uh, Malaysia 2003, evangelized for the next seven years. And there was a need in, in Chula Vista where I'm currently pastoring. And um, we've been there for the last nine and a half years and God's doing good things. and. Yeah, so it's been it's been a, a nice time. Wow, so that, that's that's a full uh, repertoire. That's a, that's you know you've assisted, you've pioneered, you've been an evangelist, you've been a missionary. That's the, that's the whole deal, man. That's a lot of experience. Um, yeah, yeah, I've learned a lot. Amen. So, um, what I was gonna say to you is the the whole thing is about real disciple. When we say disciple, what comes to mind in you? Um, I was actually when you when you told me you wanted to do this interview, I kind of pondered and uh, contemplated uh, what discipleship is all about. And when Jesus, when he <clears throat> excuse me, he spoke to his disciples and he um, told them that they had to choose and and they had to deny themselves and they had to suffer. So the first um, quality about discipleship, I think, is um, you have to choose first. So whether you be a man or a woman, it's all about you choosing. And um, you have to choose to follow him. But it's not always um, the good feelings that you're going to have in following him. 
is see denying yourself. He says, he, he, right off the bat, you know, I think what Jesus wanted is he didn't want people to be compulsive. And you, you find that, that he was all about in his calling. Um, following for the wrong reasons. And actually, and compulsive in not sitting down and really um, asking yourself why you're doing it and exactly what it's going to take. He's all about counting the cost and, yeah. and, and asking yourself, am I really willing to do this? Yeah. Exactly. Think about, it. Think about it. Think about what you, and then he lays down the requirements, right? So he says, I want you to stop. I don't want you to be compulsive. I see there's a whole lot of pe people moving and shaking and doing all these things, but I want you to stop and think about. And the beautiful thing about Christ is he never left, uh, made it a guessing game. He made it very clear. He says, you deny yourself, you pick up your cross, and you follow me. So you deny yourself, pick up your cross, meaning that you're going to suffer. Every disciple, you're going to have your opportunity to go through some things. And then he said, follow me. And so I think the, the, what, what kind of puts the bow on the top or ties the first two requirements together is his uh, call, follow me. There's no space in follow me, follow me. There's no space in between those two. He says, so that's what actually brings validity to the first two. He says that I have to be the closest thing to you in your life. And that's, and that's true and real discipleship, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 makes sense. I think, yeah, you summed it up. Because out of that, everything else comes, whether you're a pastor, evangelist, a missionary. Exactly. Whether you, to, to witness someone on your job, to yeah. drive, to everything else comes from that. Right. Source place. Right, right. Yeah, very good. Um, uh, last thing I was gonna say to you is, um, you've been at the conference, uh, it's obviously, you know, you've been to many, many conferences, you've got experience, but um, not so much what's the best sermon, because that's probably not the, the right question to ask, but being in this conference, what, what's the thing, what's the feeling that you've got? What's, what's being communicated to you? What's your takeaway? My takeaway from this conference, and I go to a lot of conferences, yeah. is um, I, I feel that God is um, wanting to bridge a gap between the older saints and the young saints and bring in a unification to where there's just not this thing of us who are over or older people in Christ against them. And um, I really feel there's a, just a spirit of uh, and a unifying spirit and what God is doing between the next generation and an older generation and letting the, both, both generations understand that we need to do this thing together it's not about us and we're gonna we're gonna get rid of you guys so we can still have it and not younger people thinking that you're so old you can't do anything for God you know it's kind of like you know this morning when they had the over uh, the 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 under 50 stand up and almost the whole auditorium was filled with under 50s and it was such a a, a beautiful thing to see um, so many under 50 year olds um i never thought i'd be on the other side <laughs> uh, that's that's one usually if when they do that in the uk it's like under 20 so i'm long gone from there so th this was one i could still stand <laughs> yeah so um this 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 conference has been absolutely dynamic i mean um from i mean you step into it and you can just feel god's presence 
and, and his, his passion for us and an urgency. One of the things I felt this week is an urgency of, uh, of now and do something now um, because uh, situation critical, that's what we're at. Situation critical, but God has strategically placed some people in position in these last days that he is going to use powerfully to bring a, a revival in these last days. We're going to see it. Amen. I believe it. Okay, last thing. This one really is the last. It just came in my mind. Obviously, many of us know Pastor Joe Campbell. We know him as the man's man. You know, the man maker, the discipleship, your destiny. You know, that's how we know him in conference. Uh, uh, offerings and destiny. He, he lost his destiny. He sold it for uh, lentils. You know, that type of thing. You being discipled under him, one of the prominent disciples out of his ministry, what, 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 what have you taken away from that, that being discipled by this man, he's your pastor? Uh, what, what are some of the things that you'd say, look, this is, this, is, this is what I've taken from him and this is what I, I embody within my life? Um, now, I've known Pastor Campbell for most of my life now, you know, 30, 30 years. Um, one of the things that Pastor Campbell has never done in my life, he's never um, tried to appoint me to anything. He's always challenged me to get a hold of God and hear from God myself, to seek and hear from God myself. Um, he's always been very careful because I know that he has probably had things that he's had in his mind and maybe his heart that he would like for me to do, but he never put those things on me. He would, would challenge me and he says, you pray about it and you work those things through. And um, it's given me an opportunity uh, to um, and challenge me to get along with God, hear from God, and respond to God in, in a, a proper way. Another thing that, that I've learned through Pastor Campbell is he has always challenged us as, as people of God to process life in the right way. And that you're going to have struggles, you're going to have ups and downs, you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have people that are going to hurt you, you have people that leave. And one of the things that, that Pastor Campbell always said, and I share with people all the time, he says, never get too happy and never get too sad and never take yourself too seriously. And I always remember that because, um, you know, a lot of things that he's went through, um, I never thought that I'd go through them myself. And next thing you know, you find yourself in the midst of those things. And I remember the words that he spoke to me ever since I was just a young guy in the church. And, and, and so they're very practical things, but those are the things that you need to survive. You need very, very, very practical things. And so Pastor Campbell has taught me through not just words that he speaks, but through a life that is lived, how to navigate through things. And, um, you know, you don't appreciate those things often when you have somebody of that caliber who you hear preaching a lot, Sunday school and preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, men's discipleships. You don't take that for granted. Uh, or you don't, you, sometimes you can take that for granted. Um, but then as life moves on and you get older, and life begins to happen, those things that have been spoken to you, you appreciate them and they become so relevant in your life. And so I thank God that I've had a good man of God that, is, that has been my pastor. Yeah. So we'll end on never get too happy, never get too sad, and don't take yourself too seriously. Amen, that's a good place to end. Thank you, Pastor, appreciate it.